welcome to the podcast of the River Opawaho. In this episode, Amy leads us in Ephesians 21 through to 25 as we engage with what it means to live into the reconciliation that was achieved for us through Jesus on the cross. We pray that God speaks to you in and through this teaching. Hi from isolation, feel a bit like Paul writing the letter to the Colossians, desire to be with you, but I'm so glad that we get to share this piece of scripture together. It's so exciting to be in Colossians. We are up to verses 21 to 24 today, which follow on so beautifully from last week about reconciliation and all things coming together in Christ. But anyway, let's look at this. I'll read it to you. Colossians 1 verses 21 to 24. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, or some translations say, as shown by your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have now become a servant. It's this incredible wrap up of this first poem. And it says, once you were alienated, separated, cut off from God, and this was shown by your evil behavior, because in our own state, that's where we end up. And then there's one of the most beautiful words, but... But because of Christ, we have been reconciled, put back together into the presence of God. No shame, no alienation, no separation. Without blemish, we stand in the righteousness of Christ because of what Jesus has done in his physical body. And then he goes on to say, and now continue in this gospel that you have been given. Hold to that hope to which this gospel, which Paul has become a servant, we too are invited into that. And that's what I want to unpack a little bit for us today, is what does it mean that we recognize that we were once separated and we never, ever forget that. We never forget where we came from. But because of what Jesus has done, we have been reconciled. And now we are joined in the ministry of Jesus, just like Paul and sharing that gospel that has been preached to every creature under heaven. We too are asked to join in that gospel and to continue in it. And my question, I guess, today is what does it mean to continue in the gospel? How do we do that? What is the practical process of that? And that's what I want to unpack today, because I believe what Paul is inviting us into is this lifelong process of 
metanoia, as the Greeks would say, of changing our hearts, that our hearts become reconciled to Christ, reconciled to the gospel, reconciled to the kingdom of God coming and living within us and then flowing out from us into every relationship that we enter into, both with people and all of creation. That is what Paul is inviting us into. And I want to help us unpack what the understanding of metanoia, of repentance and change, would have been for this original audience and help us to see uh, how that therefore affects us. And so another scripture verse that comes alongside this to help our understanding is that we are called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I just want to give you a little visual representation of this today to help us understand what it is the gospel is inviting us and calling us into. And so the scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, our understanding of heart is so different to what that Greek audience's understanding would have been. To love the Lord your God with all your heart is then unpacked where it says your mind, soul, and strength. And that's what we're going to look at today because repentance, the lifelong transformation of becoming like Jesus that we are called into is what enables us to live out the gospel. And so how does this happen? And where does it get held up? Because the problem is that sometimes I think we don't think of repentance holistically enough in the way that was represented here by Paul. So when we say heart, and when the gospel says heart, it means inside of your heart is, first of all, your mind. You need a transformation of your mind. Your mind is the place of truth. The mind is the place of our orthodoxy, of believing the right things and knowing the truth of the gospel. What happens in your mind is the revelation of Christ, where it causes us to unlearn our past behaviors and to relearn what the truth is. This is the space within which transformation happens as we repent of the lies that we used to believe and we then uh, transform them with the truth of who Jesus is. And so this happens in scripture as we, we learn the truth of scripture. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know what the good and perfect will of Jesus is. That's part of the gospel work. It's part of going, oh, it is not true that I am unworthy because the scripture says, I am loved by God. I am made right by God. This one we just read said we are reconciled by Christ's body to be right with God. The truth is, in my mind, that the thing that needs to change is I'm not unworthy. I am worthy because of what Christ has done. So the gospel affects our minds and we are called to be consistently transformed there. It's not enough, though. It's not enough to just repent and be transformed or metanoid in your mind. You must then allow the truth of the gospel to move into the next space of your heart, uh, which is your strength. Loving the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your strength. Your strength is the place of action, of orthopraxy, of 
acting out the truth. So it's going, my heart is transformed when my mind is sees the revelation of the truth that I am worthy uh, because of what Christ has done for me. And because of my worthiness in Christ, my behavior changes. I no longer seek approval from the people around me because approval is is squared away for me and the truth and revelation in my mind. And so now my strength, my actions flows out of this like settled worthiness and my actions then follow out from that, if that makes sense to you. This is me choosing and committing to actions that line up with the truth that has been revealed in my mind as my heart is transformed by the gospel. But that's not the only piece that needs transforming. The final piece that it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. The soul is the place of beauty, the place of being, of understanding and knowing who Jesus is. Uh, it's the encounter. It's the orthopathy, the encounter with the beauty of Jesus, the beauty of the gospel, the liberation and the understanding that all of this is love. Your soul is captured by that. And that is the place of what do you love? So the mind is what do you believe? What's the truth? The strength is what will you do? What's the action? And the soul is what do you love? So when it talks about living in this gospel that you know, it's that your whole heart, and this is what the Greeks meant by heart, your mind, your action, and your love is transformed by the gospel, by the truth of the kingdom, by who it is that Jesus says he is and what the truth is to therefore live in. And so living out the truth of the gospel, which Paul says, I have become a servant on, requires the repentance and transformation of our whole being, of our mind, of our behaviors, and of our loves. And I wonder if sometimes the reason that we repent of something, we see the truth of something, and we go, Jesus, I'm sorry, I see the truth is this, and I understand the truth. But if we don't then have a repentance of, and therefore, I will choose to commit to this right way of being. Sometimes we just do those two. And it becomes this, you know, when Colossians talks about if you do all the right things and say all the right things, but have not love, you are a clanging gong. I think that that's what this is. When we don't have a repentance of then, and I understand that this is love and beauty and liberation, and that this truth that transforms my behaviors has transformed my heart and my love. And it's when all three of those things experience repentance and transformation that the gospel lives in us. And when that gospel lives in us, that is the gospel that then comes out from us to transform the world. I think this is the challenge of the church. I think this is the challenge of the individual at this time, that God is asking us to have a metanoia, a repentance, a continual aligning of our minds, our behaviors, and our loves with what the gospel is. 
this is what's been the fingers being put on, which we see in the media at the moment and the church space in terms of what's happening with the rise, is that it's asking that church to repent in its mind and the way it does things and in the things that it loves. And it's easy to look at that and go, oh, I'm glad it's not me. I look at that and I go, if the spotlight of the media was put on CNL, would what we believe is true and how we live it out be fully transformed by the love of who Jesus is? Because then what we think, what we do and how we are, would that be the gospel experience of love and liberation? I think this is at a church level. I think this is at a systems level. And I think this is at a personal level that we are being called into repentance, into change, into transformation constantly, that what we believe, how we act, and how we are aligns with the gospel. This is what we become a servant of. And our question today is, is there any space where you need to repent, to metanoia, in your mind, your behavior, and your loves? Is there anything there that you need to bring to Jesus? And we're going to do this in communion together because that communion space is what reminds us of the physical body of Jesus that was sacrificed to reconcile us to God, that we might become whole in all areas. So is there something that you know you need to bring before the Lord that needs to change your mind or needs to change and flow into your behavior or needs to flow into the love space of your heart? Is there something there? And then I think the bigger question is that uh, us as a community, us as a church, us as a people, are the way that we speak, the things that we believe, how we live them out, are we expressing the love of the gospel? because this is what we are being called to. That was part five in our series on the letter to the Colossians. If you want to find out more about our community, head along to theriveropawahu.org.nz. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when the latest episodes are coming out. But until next time, te aroha noa me te rangi marie ki a koe. Grace and peace be with you.